This is Jimmy Scroggins. I'm the lead pastor at Family Church in West Palm Beach, Florida. Are you tired of going to conferences, reading books, and listening to speakers who tell you how to do church when you know that you cannot do what they are recommending? You've come to the right place on our podcast. We're going to give you principles, strategies, and ideas that you can implement right now with the resources you have at your church because this is church for the rest of us. Welcome back to Church for the Rest of Us. Joining me in the studio today, Carly Seelman, our engineer, Leslie Bennett, my co-host, and Pastor Derek Simpson, who serves on our team at Family Church. Welcome, everybody. Glad you're here. And today, we're going to talk about the opportunity presented by the corona crisis to leaders and churches and organizations that need to reinvent themselves. That's right. So we talked a little bit last week about your apartment analogy. I don't know if we need to go over that again, but this idea that something's happened, we've had to move out of our house, and so we've moved into an apartment. We think it's going to be six to 24 months. And so what are we going to do during this time where we're living in this apartment and our house is being worked on? Yeah, and that's a really an analogy that's really spoken to our team because we know that there's another day coming. The, The season that we're in right now is not going to last forever, but it's going to last long enough, like you wouldn't if you're in an apartment for six to 24 months. We're going to unpack our clothes. We're going to set up house. This is where we are for this next season of life. Now, Derek, as we're talking about this, some areas of the country are literally reopening as we speak. They are. They're ready to go. They've already started meetings and gatherings and people talking about having church next weekend. I know. So what do you think about that when it comes to South Florida? Well, it's hard for us to imagine anything restarting gatherings anytime soon, right? Because we're just seems like so far away from that. But the reality is there's a lot of places otherwise in the country that they can do that because they have like single digit number of cases or low teen number of cases in their area. And it's just not something that has really hit their region as hard as it, it's hit us here in South Florida. All right. Now, one thing about all three of you, Carly and Derek, and Leslie, all of you guys are huge exercise buffs. All of you guys are in stud shape. If you guys could just see these people, I mean, they're incredible. <laughs> and so uh, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see that he's not telling the truth. <laughs> <laughs> but Leslie, have you noticed that when you're out running or doing your exercise in the mornings, people like give you a pretty wide berth. Have you ever seen that? Yeah. So I was saying it's weird. I don't like how it is right now. You go outside, you pass somebody on the sidewalk. Yes, they go out. I had that happen to me twice. I was running. The people went out in the street to (laughs) avoid me (laughs) in order to keep a wide berth. And then we went to Costco and, you know, they've got the line set up. Everybody's in their masks. You're six feet apart. They're not letting you in the store. And it just feels very, very strange. Yeah, I was running down here on Palm Beach last week, and there's a lady in the sidewalk. So I actually, because she's older than me, so I felt like I should be the one in the street with the cars. So I went out into the street, and as I went by her, I was probably 15 feet away from her. She literally turned around and stuck her head in some bushes. I'm not not, until I passed her by. So people are very, very sensitive. But Mm -hmm. at some point, all of us are going to try to reopen somehow in stages. We've talked a little bit about that on the podcast whether it's opening for groups or having watch parties in someone's home or whether we're all going to come back to church. But what I want to talk about today is like this opportunity we have to reset our church, to reimagine our church, to redefine some things that we're doing. So Derek, one of the things that we talk a lot about is this idea of innovation. We look at the writings and some of the talks 
given by Vijay Govindarajan, and he talks about his three stages, his three boxes for innovation. Box one, the performance engine. So, you know, what are we doing all the time that's actually carrying the mail for our organization, which for churches is usually whatever happens on Sundays in terms of our on our physical site. Box two is selectively abandoning the past. And box three is innovation, getting ready for the future. This is a perfect time, I think, for churches and organizations to selectively abandon the past. Yeah, absolutely. And for a lot of things that we do in church, it's been selected for us, right? Like a lot of the yeah. ways that we used to gather Good people point. and teach the Bible and all the things that we're accustomed to doing, we can't do that anymore. And so it is forcing us to clarify box one, clarify what is it that's most important that helps move our team and our organization forward, and then push us into box three big time to find new ways to to innovate and get the most important message to people that we love. Yeah. So Leslie, we were talking earlier about some different things that we have already selectively abandoned, at least at least for this season. Why don't you share some of those things with our listeners? Well, what we talked about already, Derek referenced, I mean, Sunday morning is always going to be primary for us, and that's not going to change. But we did have to abandon that we're doing a multi-site 13 live preachers right now because we're online. So we're doing that differently. So that's allowed us to Huge. abandon that for the time being anyway, and it, to focus on some you know content creation where we can pull our whole team together. We have looked at our meeting structure and the way that we're operating our team and how we're leading our church. And so we've abandoned that and we're moving Mm -hmm. to a new structure so that we can move forward into the future that we don't know yet. So those are a couple of things we talked about. Is there anything else you can think of, Derek? Well, I mean, I think there's a lot of things that we're even already as we look to the future, deciding those are probably going to stay in the past mm. or they're not going to be in the, the immediate future when we do reopen. So like, I don't see us printing programs and bulletins when we go back to that. weekday services, at least not not in the beginning, maybe not ever, because it's a pretty big expense. And, and no one wants to touch the stuff all those people have touched. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah. And everybody is getting more comfortable with digital too. So that might be another thing that we might not do in the future. I think every church and every organization, minimally, even if you're just a pastor and you're the only person employed by your church, or if you have a small team, whatever it is, I would encourage all of you to begin making lists of things that you have had to stop doing because of the corona apocalypse that you should stay stopped doing, yeah. right? So you're going to be tempted because everything that you do has a constituency. You're going to be tempted to bring certain things back that you know you know you should move ahead. And your point, Derek, about people becoming more comfortable with digital is very, very important. So even if, say, one year or one month or two years or two months or three years, whatever it is, at some point when we're all kind of comfortable regathering again, I think that's a really important point is that now a lot of us have thought we've got to amp up our online giving. Well, everybody's amped up their online giving now. And people who didn't, who insisted they would never do it have learned to do it. People have learned to use digital Bibles. People have learned to find out what YouTube is. A lot of people have learned a lot. Another thing that I think we've learned is how to do some meetings more efficiently. Mm -hmm. So we've worked hard because we have people spread out all over South Florida. Face-to-face is a big part of our culture. We're not going to totally end that when the opportunity represents itself. But we found we can have some more efficient, quicker meetings on Zoom than we could if we gather people face-to-face. And Derek, you run a lot of really important meetings with some of our key thinkers and leaders. I'm wondering if you have a comment on that. Yeah, I think we, to your point before, we definitely have leaned away from it. We've really prioritized face-to-face meetings because we've realized and we've stated that the content of the meeting is not necessarily the most important part of the meeting. And so I think 
when we can regather, we certainly regather face to face for some relationship buildings and things like that. But it does allow you, it does force you to be more concise in your presentations. It forces you to be more prepared in the way you organize your thoughts for a meeting. And it forces you, uh, it does allow for you to allow people and facilitate conversation in a different kind of way. So you're able to bring viewpoints to the, to the meeting in a different way that I think has been really helpful for our team. Yeah, I feel like every team could sit and just take a few minutes. We don't have very many minutes right now because things seem so busy. But if we took a few minutes to think about all the things that we were doing and the things that we're doing now, like we've been forced to move into the future. So mm-hmm. selectively abandoning the past has been thrust upon us. And then what things, like you said, Pastor Jimmy, need to stay there, which we we probably tend to want to just go back to the way right. it was. I do because I liked the way it was. I liked when I could go to Costco without a mask. But there's going to be a lot of things that are going to change overall in our society. So what are those things in our churches of whatever size they are, where we've been thrust into the future, and we probably just need to embrace it and stay there and go with it a little longer and a little further. So that's a really good point. Yeah. And I think too, like even for us, so we've known that it's a digital world and we've been trying to improve our web presence, but now we're, we have to improve our web presence. I think every church does. Even if you're a small church, you don't have a lot of money. You still have to do better with your website. Website, we used to say, well, that's one of our front doors. Well, now the website is like all we are. The only door. <laughs> like, that's, 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 all we've got. that's the only yeah. place we exist. You know, in terms of most of the people who come to our church is if they can't get to us on the website, they don't get to us at all. That's just so crucial that all of us work to upgrade that and leave kind of maybe our lazy, our laziness or inattention to the web in the past. Maybe things like what we do in terms of amping up our production capability. I think just about every church in the world that's still meeting has increased their production capacity in terms of video. And you might say, not me. All we have is an iPhone. Yeah. Well, before you weren't even doing that and now you are. So all of us have learned and we're doing better and really some things that like at Family Church, we knew like, hey, man, we kind of had some older cameras. We needed some better cameras. Well, now we have them because <laughs> that's all we are. I also think even our capacity, we do face-to-face preaching. I think we'll always do that. But giving us better options and more opportunity, if we want to do more video content creation, we're going to be better positioned to do that in the future than we ever have before. Another thing I think stylistically, I think churches have an opportunity to reset themselves. So even if you go to a very traditional church, you're inherited a very traditional situation, you're going to go back to church at some point and maybe you used to wear a suit and tie every week. Maybe this gives you an opportunity to rethink that. Maybe you can rethink the name of your church. Maybe you can rethink whether or not you have a choir or an orchestra or whatever you have. You have an opportunity to literally replant yourself. And I wonder, Derek, if you'd comment on that because you work with all of our teams. You work with the strategy of all of this. Let's talk a little bit about what it means, what it would mean to replant an existing church. Sure. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the great benefits of this crisis in this moment is it has forced us to very quickly clarify what are the most important things for us to do. Mm-hmm. And so probably as you're making your list, your list kind of makes itself because in the first couple of weeks when you were really in crisis mode, uh, the things that you were probably giving your first and best time and attention to are the things that are most important to you. And so I would say to start there, uh, and this is what we're doing, is we're starting by starting to try to build and grow and develop some some talents and direction, some new strategies and new ideas for the things that are going to be most important for us when we come back. Well, one of the things that we've kind of learned too, Leslie, I think we've discovered that a lot of our content could be delivered via video on demand. Yeah. 
I mean, we've upped our YouTube presence significantly. Again, a conversation that we'd had. We would even talked about it. We had a meeting. We're like, this summer, when we have a little more time this summer, we're going to be putting some more content out there on YouTube. There's not a lot of good content on YouTube for followers of Christ. And so we had already had this conversation. Well, now... We're on YouTube like we've never been before. It's not hard. It's free. Organize your YouTube. Put everything that you, you're you putting out on a weekly basis and just put it on YouTube. Create some playlists. Point people to it. I haven't looked at the numbers, Carly. Maybe you have, but I think our YouTube is up significantly yeah, in terms of actually, subscribers. and Absolutely. I was just doing the math in my head, and we're up 600 sub- subscribers since we've... Started. Yeah, right. So we can do we can almost do, double. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we can do a lot of things that we haven't done before. But some other things that churches may want to consider abandoning. Maybe the way that you've been doing your groups needs to be abandoned. Because I know I talk to a lot of uh, people, Derek, that say, "Oh yeah, well we're kind of stuck in this model, but we know we really need to move to do groups like this." But we have well, this is your chance. Do groups the way you want. That's what I mean by replant. Yeah, you get to replant. You get to restart after a pretty long absence. You've never had the opportunity to do this before. Don't just go back and do the stuff you wish you could have stopped doing. Stop doing it. This is your time. Yeah, if you're if you're six or seven weeks into this and you haven't forced yourself to figure out a way to continue doing something that you were doing before, you probably don't need to keep doing it. Yeah, that's right? exactly you probably right. Probably need to go back to doing it. Now, a couple of things we have talked about. So when it comes to replanting, Derek, there's certain things we need to put on a list, things we need to stop doing, have meetings different way, do our groups differently, do our style, our music differently. There's all kinds of things you may want to leave in the past. But then we've also said, hey, there's some things as we're going through this, even though some churches may choose to do it, we're not leaving certain things in the past. Mm-hmm. So we've said, hey, we're not leaving music in the past. We think music is a historic and biblical way for us to honor God in our worship services, and we're going to keep doing that. We said we're not going to leave the sermon in the past. There's a lot of people speaking into it saying, you need to make your sermon five minutes or 10 minutes and then do an interview and then do a panel and then have a feature. That's fine. A lot of churches are doing that. God bless it all. I hope it all works great. But from the Old Testament to the New Testament, to the ministry of Jesus, to the ministry of the apostles in the book of Acts, to the historic church for the last 2,000 years, the sermon, someone standing up, opening up the word of God and explaining it and declaring it to people, that is a feature of worship gatherings and churches for all of Christian history. And we're just not going to stop doing that. And even if somebody says, well, there's some other things that people like better. My entire adult life, I have heard at seminary and outside of it, that the sermon, as we've known it, is a dinosaur and needs to be completely (laughs) abandoned. And we need to embrace some other form of communication, whether it's visual or movies or book, you know, and the truth is it's not, this is part of how God wired churches to work. So we're going to keep doing the sermon. We're going to keep encouraging people to give. We may give differently. We're probably going to abandon past the offering buckets for a while because who wants to touch the offering. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody wants to touch that, but we're still going to give. We're not going to abandon the Lord's Supper. We'll probably have to figure out another way. to. Like, again, no one wants to pass it all out. We'll not abandon it. We're not going to abandon baptism. You're going to have to be touched when we do baptism, but we could wear gloves and a mask and hold you at arm's length and whatever. But there's going to be some things that we're going to do because this is what Christian churches do. I wonder, Derek and Leslie, if any of you guys have any other thoughts about things that churches should be thinking about leaving in the past. Well, I don't know about leaving in the past, but I think, you know, in the list of things that we've decided we definitely are going to keep doing in the future is some of the things that we've come back to that we never really abandoned before. Or we weren't, I don't even think we were given 
improper attention to before, but shepherding people on a first name basis has become just so crucial for us. And so I'm glad that in our pursuit of innovation in the past, we didn't abandon the care structure of having people in small groups and even children and teenagers in small groups yeah. uh, because big gatherings are a lot of fun. There's a lot of energy and you can track big numbers if you're able to attract them. But when it comes to actually shepherding people, I'm glad that we still have a lot of volunteers and men and women that are caring for mm. little children that we're able to gather on Zoom calls and middle school and high school kids that we're able to gather on Zoom calls and still be involved in their lives and still know what's happening and still help disciple them in that way. And then I think there's, I mean, Leslie, you probably have a list because you're really good at making lists, but there's probably a lot of things that, there's some other things that we're not going to do in the future, but I'm glad we're caring for people. Yeah, that's a really good point, Derek. I hadn't thought about that. And I also think that in the communications and the content realm, I think we're just doing it better than we were doing it before. Like, I think we were paying attention to it. We we're trying to do it to the best of our ability. But this has allowed us to refocus and re-energize some of these areas. And really, the challenge is it always comes down to people and resources. So yeah. you have to do what you can with the resources that you have, do the best you can with the resources that you have. We talk about that all of the time. So we're always trying to do that. But I think when we can incorporate more people, volunteers, when we can get those serve teams back, and people engaging in more ways. I do think that that's one thing that we miss a little bit is that there are people who are first level serve opportunities where we're missing those people. And we want to look at how we can pull them in now and how we can continue to build that into the future. Yeah, that's a great point. And it is difficult because there's certain things that we do to serve when we're meeting face to face that just can't be done any other way. Mm -hmm. A lot of the things that we do now, creating content, videoing things, you know, we really want to limit the circle of people who are able to come to the facility and do it. That is kind of a limitation, but we definitely, I think that's a great point by both of you, but the people who are serving, leading, and our shepherding structure, all of that needs to carry on. Now, one thing I just want to encourage our listeners to do, if you feel like your church is ready to be replanted, you can do it. If you are a part of the network in the Southern Baptist Convention, there's a whole replant division that you can contact the North America Mission Board, and they will be glad to help you reinvent and replant yourself. And there are probably some other churches in your area that would be glad to partner with you and help you and share resources and ideas with you. Just don't be alone. Don't have to feel like you have to strategize it all by yourself. If your church needs to be replanted, you should get some people to walk with you. So find some brothers and sisters from some other churches that aren't going to try to take away what you have. They're not going to try to take away your facilities or take away your name or diminish your leadership platform. There are churches in your area that want to help. And if you don't have one in your area that wants to help, we do. Family Church wants to help. Email us, call us, let us know. We want to help you reinvent yourself. Don't waste this crisis. Mm. Don't bring back that old washed up stuff <laughs> that you knew was washed up before the coronavirus hit. Don't bring it back. Start fresh, start new, and be the person, be the leader, be the church that God raised you up to be. With that being said, I've got Leslie Bennett, Derek Simpson, Carly Sealman. We're always glad to be with you on the Church for the Rest of Us podcast. Thank you so much for joining us on today's podcast. I'd love for you to follow me on Twitter at Jimmy Scroggins or Check out FamilyChurchNetwork.com to chime in on our blog. We want your feedback on today's podcast. Plus, we want to know what you are doing because we want to learn from you too. Hey, until next time, this is Jimmy Scroggins, and you've been listening to Church. 
for the rest of us.